This is CliffCentral.com. I'm Jonathan. And Ramon is present. I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, you, you've just got as, an attitude problem towards, towards this entire topic, actually. Were you, like, traumatized as a child? No, I do stuff. I don't watch stuff. Like, I'm a doer, not a watcher. I'm not a cuck. <laughs> uh, you know, you can do stuff in sports. But I do do sports. What, what sports do you do? CrossFit. <laughs> It's not a sport. That's a sad excuse for a sport. Come try it once, Jonathan. I'm sure I'll die, but it's still a sad excuse for a sport. So I've done rugby, tennis. Okay, not cricket because I've got a fucking life. Uh, what Jeez. else did I do? Soccer, kickboxing. See, the problem is you've never stuck to one. Not a lot of team sports. I don't do team sports because the fattest kid always lets you down. That is partially true, and I guess today might agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is none other than Ben Kopinski. Uh, you commonly hear him on the Gareth Cliff Show in the mornings. Indeed, that's me. Uh, he's also the creative director of a new agency called Retroactive, which is a collaboration, I think, between a few of you. Yeah, like, it's quite a long story, actually. I, um, I won't give you the long story of that, but it's a very dynamic agency. We're looking to do amazing things within sport, bring stories to the fore, and just kind of get the real-life experience around sports. And that's why I think I'm kind of here, because I am the biggest advocate for sport and how great it is. And I live it. So I go back it up. I'm also a doer, Roman. <laughs> Big doer. You see, Roman, Roman doesn't believe – he also doesn't believe we have any people who listen to us who like sport, although we do have many um, who watch and listen and, and enjoy sports. Yeah, they can listen. They just try not to be my friends. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! No, last this weekend, apparently there was some soccer game or whatever. There was a soccer don't, don't game. Don't say soccer. Rugby. You know exactly what was and, going on. So you were just like Gareth Cliff. You go, oh, this sport ball. Meanwhile, you know it and you secretly love it. There was so where to Derby said there was the blue cheese first, the shark pirates. <laughs> Somewhere in Joburg, that, that was, and my neighbours yes. like screamed their bloody heads off. I'm like, and they yeah. and their surname is like Swanepoel because they're alive. It's because they're alive. I'm like, what good, the hell are you life. doing watching twenty people kick a ball around? Like, so, so okay, so you say you're a doer, not a watcher. So do you also reenact your own movies at home? Do you, do, do, have you got an own sitcom where your family is the cast? <laughs> I only watch one sport, funny, and that's uh, mixed martial arts. Cause that's a proper sport. That's not a sport; it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's life or death. Yeah. Not a lifestyle. Like, people could get killed. Right. What is, like, uh, what, your agency yeah. does agency stuff. Like, yeah, uh, so, no, like, it's, it's like marketing, great, basically. Great yeah, you're right. No, it's, it's like an agency that agencies. Activations, right? Well, where, where, where we want to be different is that we believe that for the last 10 years, you've been hearing this buzzword of storytelling and authenticity and that kind of stuff. And yeah. we definitely live by that because we've got uh, Mike Sharman, who has just been a, an absolute dynamo the last sort of eight years of his own agency, Retroviral. I met him actually, well, we met over social media, the classic um, sporting bromance. He, we then went to the Rugby World Cup in 2011 as part of MasterCard, and we made videos. We told stories of two guys going over there and having a jaw and experiencing everything that people could wish to go to. Like this year, the, the Rugby World Cup's in Japan. You knew that already, Roman. And um, people go, oh, I'd love to do it. It's like a once-lifetime experience. So we created content that would put people there, put people closer. 
we always wanted to work together and now we've got the chance to and then brian abana who of course as you know well know as well ramon probably is <laughs> one of south africa's most prolific sports people of, of all time and brian just uh, obviously reaching a retirement as a rugby player as an active doer he is now looking to go into the business space and we kind of collaborated and said look we've all got these different resources we all got different sort of connections and places where we want to work with in sports so the three of us have got together as a driving force behind this agency and here we are right, okay, backing okay. it up post me just talking about sport here on cliff central right so okay someone like me who doesn't care too much about watching team sports specifically what is so great about it? What's your, what's that thing that, you know, the, the duplication of progress that you wish to infer that sport does? Wow. I, I mean, I think when Harvey Specter's mother died, he had more exuberance in your face than your face right now. <laughs> I feel like Harvey Firstly, Weinstein had a trial. Firstly, thank you for having me against your own free kicking and screaming will. Look, it's a good question. I just, I've always believed, and I was quite fortunate in that I got to play sport as a kid. Mostly because my brothers were bullying me, so I had to play sports. So I had to kind of get me away from them. And uh, the great thing was that you make friends. Um, it's a very healthy kind of thing. You're outside. You're running around. Physically, it's good for you. But it just it teaches you about things in life, which I found nothing else can really teach you. You know, firstly, it makes you a little more humble than you probably could be because there's always someone bigger, better, faster, more fantastic than you. You learn how to work with other people, so you become more socialized, albeit sometimes in an aggressive sense. But you've also got to learn skills to overcome uh, challenges. You're making it sound like a work day. Every day Skills, is a work day. Socialization. <laughs> Life's, a work day. Life's a work day. Life's a work day. It sounds like going to work. People are better than you. Skills, socialization. Yeah. So you're not an animal. That's life. Okay, well, so, well, like, well, what do you do? Do you go home and have a pina colada every day? I work at home <laughs> alone. You too. By but, choice. I think there's, but there's, for, for kids, for example, there's, a, yeah. there's good evidence to show that if you can keep kids doing something in the afternoons, um, you keep them away from bad things like gangs, for example. That's a very good um, point. Now, so, I, I'm, I'm a mat, when people, again, the, the word transformation comes up in sport in this country a whole bunch. Yeah, no one knows what it that. is. But, um. Socialism. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you mentioned I, I, I got to connect with this, um, actually called Connect Sports Academy. And what they do is they've set up this actual facility in, uh, Google Eto, I think it is. Um, and what they do is they've basically got kids to come join this rather than the reality gangs. Yeah. Simple as that. I mean, that's not even, trying to spin a story when you go home after school and you've got nothing to do until you go to school the next day you get picked up about dodgy influences whether it's alcoholism drugs or gang warfare yeah. to use an example to your reference yeah so you make them join a sporty gang rather than a sporty a gang a sporty gang as in a rugby team or cricket team or football team yeah. far better for i think everyone than a gang gang but it's still a gang right yeah. <laughs> a better one. <laughs> no, I agree it's a better gang. You can call whatever collective thing you want around that a gang if you wish. But the outcome is points on the board, um, winning over losing in a sporting sense rather than life and death. Kevin, I want to understand how you have like athletes in your family who go to like international events. Yes. And you are like so like anti-sport. Yeah. Who hurt you? Who hurt you in the sporting I'm process? I'm anti like team sports. I think people should play it. I'm not going to ban it by any means. That's just, it's just profoundly boring. All right. I'd, when I dated my girlfriend, now wife, her father is a huge, like, Chelsea fan. Okay. Apparently they're soccer from London or somewhere. Yes. So I had to actually, like, get to know about soccer or the Premier League. And I did for, like, two years. It was, it was quite interesting. So on transfer deadline day, you, like, wake up early and check what happened. It was, it was interesting for a while, I guess. But, you know, then I, Turned 22 and then 
I grew up a bit. And it was a big year for you. Became a bit Suddenly realized there was no Santa Claus. Football's a sham. That's, that's what it felt like then. That's what it felt like. I just don't understand. Like all I'll, the best thing about sports is like Arsenal TV because you play on the show sometimes and Claude and whoever Arsenal loses, people get like furious. Okay. And I just find that so funny that people get so enamored. Yeah, okay, but now that. you you get furious about politics, right? I don't get furious. I think it's all a big game, which it, it is. But it all, but that's the whole thing. Sport is entertainment. So whether you like sport because you like watching guys running around in shorts or you like seeing people kick something or if you like people in action movies or deceiving people through lies like in politics it's all entertainment essentially but why do you want me to convince why do you want to convince me of your type of entertainment that's all no we don't have to convince you it's fine um, you can carry on also being a good question miserable. yeah but 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 you don't enjoy watching do you do you enjoy watching any sports on television i mean the olympics comes around that's pretty cool some some of it not all of it i must admit, i used to watch it when i had dscv and i canceled it 4 years ago and i just don't care like that's how much I just don't really worry about. Okay, so your question: Why must I convince you about my my entertainment? Right, but, about your passion, which is great on a certain level. But sport does a whole bunch more and includes everyone in society in some way, shape, or form. Pornography doesn't do that. Politics doesn't do that. Um, different forms of action, action movie entertainment, whatever. It's all niche. Sport yeah. has ability to absolutely get everybody from young kids who want to just run out and throw something around to old people who just want to be able to associate with a team or a player, whether it reignites them with their youth or memories of something or just gets them and like-minded people to converge in one place for social reasons, social fun reasons. Yeah. So sport does all of that. You're telling me anything else in the world can do that. Other than war, but then again, that's forced. And uh, your family, religion. I doubted. Families fight. The Christmas fates. Families fight, religion, <laughs> or so. Yeah, because sports people never fight, Ben. Not they, fun. Just, they just take the loss right. it, with with their head held up high. Say, better luck next time, chaps, and off they go home. No, they fucking spit at each other. Yes, but they're back next Saturday to do it again. <laughs> Some families walk out of head. each other. They leave a WhatsApp groups and they're done for life, and they're gone. <laughs> Sport has the ability to come back. It's called a fixture list, and I you'll think it's be just there. another form of like cults. And okay. I think it's fine. People should have their cults. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's more special than any other cult. Well, I, I, I agree with you on that. It does bring people together more than anything else. Of course, sure. You dress like Daddy Jacques Callis' well, older I, brother. It's, I, exactly. I wore the shirt. <laughs> older brother. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely shirt, Jonathan. Good selection. I think it fits you. I wore well. it especially for, for, for the show with Ben. But, um, so it does bring people together. South Africa is a good example, but it's also like a bad example because the World Cup, uh, well, both World Cups, um, sorry, the World Cup and the AFCON Cup, uh, so 95, 96, we win both of those mm -hmm. and, um, everyone's kind of euphoric about the country. We didn't have a civil war in 94 and Mandela's the president and now we win the rugby world cup. Basically, if you go back and look at that team, it was a bunch of novice, um, I mean, they weren't novice, but it wasn't a professional team. Yeah, but they're, team. Were, they're mostly just guys with a bit of hiss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, nothing compared to what you get now in professional, so professional rugby. If it wasn't for the world well, cup, this is the thing. it would be a civil so, war. So the problem is, is, my father often says that South Africa moves from sort of sporting triumph to sporting triumph with nothing in between. Correct. And, and I, 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 I suppose that's the problem with the unity is it, it, it do you think it's like, it's not really real. I mean, there's, it, it's a false sort of unity. You get, you get together, you're all kind of happy. Your team won. It represents you as a nation. Um, but then very quickly you realize that you have real problems in life and well, the sport doesn't really mean much. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you were to look at that movie Invictus, which was mostly terrible. Yes, I didn't look at it for that reason. I mean, Morgan Freeman looked like Nelson Mandela, but he sounded like Morgan Freeman. 
and Francois Pinard as Matt Damon when I mean, he was the shortest guy in the team. Mm, That's yeah. quite strange. But th- there, I mean, Nelson Mandela believed, and I think that was one true part of the story, that he believed in the Springboks doing something to unify a nation. And that timing was just great. Going to host the world for this game, rugby, this white man's sport where we can all cheer. I know a lot of this all Hollywood sensation and like get around the campfire kind of story, but it had a purpose. It had something going for it. And that was a big deal because it gave people hope that they can actually be together. And you, but, and you but, can't doubt that. But why is that good? So are, are you why, anti-unity? Why is, why is unity a good thing? Because we're a country, and if we're not unified, then what happens? Balkanization and secession, which I approve of. <laughs> but it won't, though. And ethnostates. But, but, okay, so let's say that happens. Let's say – sorry, let's go down the, the political road. Um, the Western Cape secedes. Because um, that's what you want to happen, right? Well, the Zulus Especially first. after, the, after let, losing let, the Curry Okay, let's, the weekend, let's do yeah. the whole country. We'll do the Zulus secede that takes care of sort of the east of the country, um, the Western Cape and a bit of the Eastern Cape together with it because they'll take their uh, – what are their educational refugees or health refugees or whatever Helen called Both. them? Both. Um, they'll take them. So the Western Eastern Cape kind of secedes into one. Um, no one wants the Northern Cape. That's just like desert wasteland. It's basically like Mad Max. Mm. Um, and then Gauteng, Northwest, etc., is its own sort of thing. Fine. What do you think will happen in those countries anyway? You'll just have new sporting teams. You'll have like, you know, the Springboks of the Western Cape. No, that's fine. Then they can unite. But you won't have the Springboks of the Western Cape. You'll have Western Province. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter what it ends and it's up It's never going to do anything. But you can't, you're not going to kill the sport, right? I mean, we see. I don't want to kill the sport. Yeah. My question was, why is unity so important? Well, you'll, you'll still have unity within a, within whatever you, Whatever secedes. Yeah, whether you've got a million or ten, there's unity or no unity within a certain group. I get that. But I think if you go – it's a very good question because nobody ever asked this within a sporting reference. That's probably why I wanted to come chat with you guys. Thank you, Ben. But it, it is quite a thing as far as without unity without, – okay, let's just take away sport from a, from a kid's life or a society's structure. I don't see a lot of a lot of positives that can come out in the rest of the world. I know this because I'm a sporting person. I live and dream and do everything by this. But what can you give kids if you can't give them sport? You even had sport growing up, and it gave you something. Yeah, I love <laughs> a sincere disdain for other human beings. But, yeah, that, yeah, but, that's, but that's great. If you didn't have that, you might have been living a lie until this stage, and you might have even been <laughs> like know. pleasant. I, I, or something. I would be dressed like Jonathan and, and shouting at a TV. Imagine. <laughs> The horror. Um, no, but I, think, I just don't know why unity is so important. There's other things to unify things. Religion's a great example of this. Um, and you, religion's far more unifying than a sports team. Ooh, so I don't speak. know about that. Of course it is. It's 80% of this country's Christian. Yeah, like by, by numbers, you're right. But is it, is it the right kind of unification? Which takes oh, the now question we need, further. Oh, now we need the right kind of unity. Well, it is <laughs> see, because. That, see, that, but there's my question. But, but no, but you're so right. Okay, so what's the right kind of unity? Something that's sustainable and something that people can actually live positive lives from. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing that with religion. Personally, I'm an atheist, so that would probably be the wrong conversation for me to have. What I mean about the unity is, is uh, I'd be interested to see the numbers of people who go to church in England on a Sunday. And people who go watch the Premier League on a Sunday or, or watch on television. I'm going to go Premier League um, on that one. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I, I think, I think these are, there are big movements, sporting movements, um, which do seem to have a lot of power. Um, the sporting movements don't generally direct you to any specific thing. That's either good or bad, depending on how you view it. You, Ben's an atheist, so he'll go, you know. But, but why can we acknowledge we're just liking, we just like seeing freaks of nature perform great feats of strength or speed or skill. 
and that's it. It's not only why. Fa- why build all this other myth on top of it? You like when when you say Bolt runs, I think the guy is amazingly fast and he's yeah. brilliant, and we won't see anyone like him for the next. 20 years or whatever maybe a, maybe a, a full lifetime or two yeah he was and, a freak of nature and sure. there you go like and that's the benefit of having usain bolt this thing about uniting jamaica and all that bullshit is secondary surely i don't know like it's such a such an interesting point because if you really break it down if i didn't have sport for a year it'd be a not a great year in my life you didn't you, you'd be exactly the same but, but a you, week without crossfit is a week wasted but like that's okay okay me. so let's use the usain bolt thing okay so yeah there, there is a reference there so now people in jamaica who i don't know might want to play basketball they might want to smoke huge amounts of marijuana they might who knows or do both at or, same time. or do both at the same time but if you're a kid and you don't have much direction, maybe your home life isn't so stable, you see a guy like Usain Bolt, he's traveling the world, he's this absolute superhero because that's what they are. Even though Marvel and DC are stagnating the movie world with all their crap movies, his actual superhero is not the guy is actually a living person. He went through the ranks, he became this person. So if you're a kid, I mean, like, I'm not a big fan of role models because I'm an adult. I, I need to be my own role model. But if you're a kid with not much direction or hope in this world, it's nice to have him. Rather than Jermaine, the gunslinging hoodlum down the road, right? But why? Because you, Usain Bolt is a more positive addition to society than Jermaine, the gunslinger. So I think this is a different question to the unity thing. I mean, the unity thing, you can argue for hours whether unity matters or not. I think it does matter in your chosen tribe. You're the most divisive person on Twitter as saying unity matters. Unity okay. matters in your in your chosen tribe. So you can secede down to however small you want to go, but you're still going to want unity. You as an anarchist still want some level of unity because you need to make contracts that benefit you and your neighbor when you make those contracts. And that's, when you make that contract, that's called unity. That's consensus. Um, so also called unity. Um, but, no. <laughs> but, but, it's not. but, but the, what, what you're referring to now, which I think is more important about sport is, is aspirational, um, sort of, um, levels well this is actually a a psychological fact ramon all humans are aspirational to some extent so you are not aspirational towards any um sporting figures you made that very clear but you are aspirational to other figures in the world he's aspirational to those crossfit cultists He looks at he looks at deadlifting people in Lycra and he goes, "That's his, a, that's his name me." Is Matthew Fraser, but we all yeah. do this. This is this is it's a it's a part of the human psyche. But that's just that he's still aspirational to a man in shorts as much as I am. <laughs> so your shorts are much tighter. I've never watched the CrossFit Games in my life. Uh, to be <laughs> oh, fair, whatever. I don't. <laughs> you see, even YouTube when I'm history. You wouldn't tell you the truth. People think I'm lying. That's what happens when you sarcastic. But no, I, I think your point is bullshit. Word. It's like saying, "Oh, if Hillary doesn't win the election, young girls all over America will lose all hope." No, no, because young girls have hope elsewhere. You don't. You, most people don't place their, their 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 entire belief and their entire self esteem into one person, but but you can aspire to someone, and then they can fall from that, and you can go, oh, well, they've fallen from that, but that's they were there. You can still admire the level to that to what they got to. It's like I'm sure many people aspired to be like uh, Oscar Pistorius. He fucked that up. Yeah, he did. But but so he he's an example. He's a bit of a dodgy outlier. But to a question, who would you rather have more of in society, Malusi Gaba or Kakisa Rabada? Who's the second one? Don't. <laughs> oh okay. Seriously, if you're not gonna, you're not gonna appreciate the question. I thought they were more Diego Maradona because but he was that, a sports. That wasn't the question I asked you. No, but they're we're both sports about... people. They're both role models. At least Diego is like a real person with Diego, flaws who likes. Diego Maradona is not even part of this conversation yet. <laughs> yet, but Lucy's a tax parasite. Carrizo actually has skills. Yes. So, which would you rather to have more in society, the sports person, right? Yeah, but it's like. 
comparing things that are not equal. I'd rather one or two sports people. No, but you're talking about the importance of sport. Maybe I lost you along this line about the unity thing. Was I mean, that is a good question. It's definitely one to discuss and different kind of things. Something for your agency to work around. It's a very good point around the whole unity do thing. You, do you need a, um, an ideological director? I'd like, I'm available. Gee, it looks like a, in, in a sea of just one of you, you could be the man. Yeah. But it's, it's slowly the, convincing people sport doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's, that's why I do believe that sport really does matter in so many different ways because it adds – like if if you have nothing other than – like what is life? Okay, again, I'm probably the, the wrong case study for this because I look at life in a sporting context. Right. When, when I travel, I incorporate golf or I incorporate golfing events or sporting events because it just makes me makes me tick. It stimulates me. I find it interesting, and it makes me to aspire to certain things. Take that away, and what do you really have in life? Like, what do you have? You, what what really makes you excited? Uh, family, knowledge, um, traveling, doing the podcast. Like all these things give my life meaning, not just one thing. Okay. CrossFit's like a small element of that, but it's only my latest sporting thing that I do. But it's all individual sports. I've never okay, so done team sports in a very constructive way because I just don't like it. It's good balance. But how many people do you know have real balanced lives where they can pin their hopes oh, into but, something? But then I don't care. Okay. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, it's I just fine. Don't, don't care. Honesty is always the best policy. <laughs> where I was going with that is that it's a great thing to be able to add to people's lives who maybe don't have the balance that you have or the aspirations you have or the talents or just the the ability to attract people like a family and friends. Or, or, or the will and, you know, making them – you know, people who sit in front of the TV watching rugby and derive meaning from that, I get it. I it's get not just it. meaning but it's But it's not, it's not more special than, than fainting at church saying the – demon has infested your brain like i don't see the difference <laughs> hold on a second <laughs> it's quite a heavy example um, <laughs> um just as an entertainment form though like you don't find do you find any sport entertaining like mixed martial arts okay so like sometimes it's got nothing i mean i don't think that sport gives me specific meaning necessarily I, there are certain instances in sport where i can say that they, they were quite meaningful um um, in uh, sort of events in my life, um, the four three eight game, for example, which I was at, was awesome. Yeah. And how good did you feel um, about life then? Uh, yeah, it was. It was it's an like incredible one big dopamine game. Dopamine hit about thirty thousand people. Um, but but it's it, it's kind of about immersing yourself in that, and it's just about really entertainment value. And sometimes it's more than entertainment value. I mean, the four three eight game transcends entertainment because it became like a, quite an emotional type of thing exactly. given the, the shared experience with everyone in the stadium. But That's um, what church people say as well. Sure, but th th it's not untrue. If you go to an event and everyone kind of is looking for one thing, then one thing doesn't seem like it's going to happen. That 4-3-8 game, when the Australians left the field after they had put up 432, I think it was, or 434. So smoked. Um, well, it wasn't only smokeless. that. I mean, uh, there were people who, who were leaving the stadium. They were yeah. like, I'm going home. This is bullshit. There's no way we're ever going to reach that score, and we're fucked. And people were swearing and leaving the game, and some other people were just dejected, yeah. buying shitloads of hot dogs or whatever they were doing. Um, and then when when Gibbs came in and started like just – Throwing the bat around, or and, batting like you would if you're hungover, <laughs> and and probably high, um, you know, and and everyone everyone kind of starts going, oh, this this looks like it might be going somewhere. Um, the point is, is it is is just as from entertainment value, um, and sometimes as something more than that, but just as entertainment value, do, do not see. I can see your point as entertainment. Yeah, that's all that I see it as. Yeah, but, or but like I the, see it in a more 
sorry to interrupt, in a more, in a more, lack of a better word, like a freakish sense that these people are just superior than us. We'll never, you know, be able to be with them. So let's just watch them perform these amazing feats of strength or skill or whatever. That's cool. But like, again, I think sport has a, has a bigger role to play. Like you can go to a cinema and people walk out of a great movie. They're not walking out arm in arm. They're not retelling the moments with the stuff. They really don't care who the person is next to them. You go to a great school, um, sporting setting like this, you can make new friends and actually see society kind of getting together. And a swingers party. You can walk out and hand with <laughs> random people you didn't know beforehand, make new friends, you, talk uh, about it. I thought for it was about the, the anonymity around it. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's go back to, to World Cup 2010. How much crime was happening during 2010? Uh, no, A shitload less, right? Yes. Exactly. Because people were so fixed. more police than ever. Well, what brought justice to this country the first time in like, in a long time? FIFA. At a cost of billions, I mean billions of people for that. Infrastructure we needed. Yeah, well, well pointed out. (laughs) But, but like the, the best, the best post, I would say, Madiba era president of his country was Seb Blatter. Can you he, stop fiddling with the mic, please? Yeah, so professional. He, <laughs> Sepp Blatter probably did more for this country in leadership role than any of our politicians ever did because he had the product of sports that got around and everybody was just into it. Why don't we just be honest that they're just milking us for money and that they create an aura, they create a narrative around teamwork and rivalry and goals and ambitions and they rope you in and they want your hard-earned money to pay for that ticket to go watch them and then you lose, then you're dejected. Then you go on Monday at the water cooler and say, oh, my team, if I was a coach, I would have done this and they would have won. And then you just repeat the cycle the next weekend. Like, why can't it just be like just a vicious cycle of mediocrity all around? But do you not think that gives some people some purpose, though? Shitty purpose, in my opinion. But yeah, sure. If that's your purpose, I'm going to win because my purpose is a little bit more you know, uh, important than that. I just, I just think, as I keep saying, it's just another form of like cultish behavior. People should be free to indulge within it, but I don't think it has as great a purpose. Okay. So when the box beat the all blacks, okay. I didn't watch it. Yes. Okay. We okay. know. I wasn't saying when you watched <laughs> oh, sorry. that wasn't the phrase. There was suddenly a groundswell of optimism, Petra price, all that kind of stuff. People were genuinely happier so much so that they then filled Loftus Fairsfeld. Have you been to Loftus Fairsfeld? No, you haven't. Don't. I haven't. It's not that great. It's not the kind of place you want to go to, nor do you want to spend 900 ront in this economy to go and do so. But because they beat the All Blacks, there was actual hope and there was positivity and vigor around rugby fans. Sure, tiny percentage of the country. Sure, gave them something to do. And they were excited about life. Gives them hope. Gives them some sort of positivity. Yeah, mass delusions are mass delusions. Yeah, yeah but great. mental well-being is mental well-being, right? Uh, yeah, but everything, which was, which was but, destroyed – because then they lose this next game. Yeah, but, no, but everyone – no, no, there but that's go. not how no, sport hope, works. Hope, that's not how sport works. You don't go, proven. well, they lost. That's it. I'm giving yeah, up. Because most people <laughs> after that turn around after one of our worst seasons ever, actually. If we had not beaten the All Blacks – thank you for your phone uh, – <laughs> moves the mic kind of as a phone you, on. What kind of a show are you running here? Your phone's on. You're moving the mic. I'm a professional uh, man. This is probably a client. Apart from being cantankerous, I mean, uh, which you should go solo at some stage. So the point is, is that they had a shitty season if – and if they hadn't been all black, everyone would have been like, yeah, that's really depressing. But they did. So everyone was like, yeah, they lost, but they only lost by no, a bit. Everyone was not like this or that. Some people were. Well, sports fans, for the most part, were. I think Ben would agree. Most of the articles and yeah, the commentary around was the time positivity. was like, yes, we lost to the All Blacks, but we beat them and we showed that we could, etc., etc. Positivity for its own sake means nothing. It's not for its own I sake. Disagree. You get a lot of people out there, and I engage with people. 
I'm not saying I have more or less friends than you, but I generally, I think, maybe throw myself in different sort of sections that you would ever go to, vice versa. But people get more excited about that kind of stuff. It's as simple as that. Like, so it's a politician will go, well, this next pre- uh, petrol price, we're going to absorb the 20 cents, whatever. And I was like, yay, kind of. But, you know, so they work so hard and so much money and resources go for this, the country go towards politicians creating mass crapness in every aspect. A Bok team can run out there. They win on the Saturday and people are genuinely happy and they can go about their lives with a lot less sadness for 12 hours. Better than nothing. Just take cocaine. That's the same thing. No, it doesn't. And it's cheaper than a it's about, ticket. It's I, about I, two hours. It's got very harsh effects in your body. In the someone speaking from experience. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking I'm, it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm 36. I've lived a life. <laughs> you were a DJ then, then, of course. I was a DJ back in the day. How else do you do sense at That's actually morning. not when I did drugs. I was a professional. I had money to make. That's why you're no longer a DJ. You should have. You would no, I'm no longer a DJ because I grew up. <laughs> yeah. And That's anyway. how I feel about sports. But but you're saying that to be argumentative, I feel. No, the British and Irish really? Lions, okay, it's a rugby team, obviously. They come out to South Africa and, and just consume huge amounts of beer. You know what it does for our economy? So much money comes in out of all these lager louts coming around to watch three matches. Are you telling me that's not an important thing to this country for tourism, for beer people? sales are important for our country. Well, the tourism is. Well, they don't sleep on if, beer. If, if 10,000 people follow them, which... It's probably not unrealistic. Okay. They're not riding around a, a beer million can. people follow fucking the elephants in Kruger Park. Sure. Yeah. So all of these things contribute to the economy. They all contribute. They all have a certain purpose. Even Sport me, brings in more. Oh, yeah, you're really clutching at straws now. <laughs> we went from like well, unity we, we and tried, purpose we tried. and it's, it's aspiration true, but, but, to like – But, oh, but, just but they're the all aspects. I'm not pinning as the one and all. These are all aspects that make sports so much more than some guy running on a field. If you think so. <laughs> I think mean, people right. spend more money going to Let's, have a cocktail at well, a V&A waterfront than your lion supporters from Britain. Like, well, maybe, but if they don't have a purpose to be here. So, okay, we, fine. We, we've got it. Ramon's not going to buy into sport anytime soon, but we didn't expect that to happen. Um, so that's half the podcast <laughs> discussing where the sport matters. Um, and that's fine. If you're on Ramon's side, cool. And if you're on uh, Ben's side, which I am, then cool as well. Um, as you know, we don't force anything on anyone here. Uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about some of the stuff that's more political. So you talked about transformation earlier. Um, I don't know if everyone listens to you, so I don't know where they, where they, um, <laughs> Why not? Why not? It's been <laughs> whether they I've know been on this you, channel for four they, and a half years. Yeah, yeah well, you know, all I can say is someone who doesn't care about sports, I listen to Ben because it's fun. You don't skip through that section of the podcast. You know, no, you can skip, press no, fifteen I skip seconds. Through, I skip through at a time. Here, no, oh. not Ben. <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> now, that you told that. now you told everyone that you skipped through Sia's section. So um, let's talk about some of the political stuff because sports in this country is a fuck up. Um, if – well, you disagree, Ramon? You were going to say no, that? No, no, I agree. I mean, look, we, we went from having a relatively good soccer team, yeah. uh, having for many years the top three uh, rugby team in the world. Yeah. Um, uh, I think athletics actually is one area where we're doing quite well at the moment, well, somehow. It's, it's funny how the individual sports can thrive amongst all this crap. Yes. Just taking but the talent. Been, geez, like that is a lot of vaping. Um, so, <laughs> so um, and a lot of people blame transformation. So they'll say things like, well, you know, 
the South African rugby team, the Springboks or uh, the Proteas or whoever, it's because of transformation that they're shit, essentially. And we aren't performing because we aren't uh, awarding on merit. We're just letting people into the teams based on skin color or, or all that stuff. I mean, the famous example must be the World Cup. Uh, what was it, 2015 World Cup, uh, where they changed in the semifinals? Oh, the cricket with Fernando. Yeah, cricket, cricket Carl Cup. Abbott was basically the number one bowler for us, and then yes, and they removed him. Suddenly, they needed to go with experience in a one-day game. Yes, um, yeah, that's a big murky point. Um, so, I mean, there are some examples of it, um, but there's also some counter examples. I mean, you can say make that point about the Springboks, then they beat the All Blacks in New Zealand um, with a inverted commas diverse team. So where do you stand on all of, all of this? Having done quite a lot of research around this, because there's various ways you can go about sports. There's the four beers with your mates. I'll just shout whatever crap comes to mind. Or you can actually have a look. And because I value sports so much, I've had a bit of a look and I've chatted to a variety of people. Look, there's various ways you can look at transformation. It's going to be skin color representation or it's about tomorrow. So tomorrow, if you're the greatest scheme of things, we've got all the resources to be the world's best. And I'm not saying it because we pick those, just those guys. Look at the population of this country and the hunger for sport and the dedication. And again, if you've got people who don't have a lot in life and you give them the opportunity of sport, they dedicate their entire lives to it. Not a lot of distractions. Okay. So get that channel going. Huge amount of resources, huge amount of numbers, huge amount of people who just look at these icons and go, I want to be that. So if we had to do that properly, which the Gunnathan government does, because firstly, they don't know how to. And that's actually one of the most positive things I'll say. They physically don't know how to. And secondly, they just don't feel that the money should go there. Because going elsewhere, of course it is. But if you were to transform this country properly and get kids to go through the right schooling structures. Now, let's just use rugby, for example. It changes per sport. It's used rugby. There are traditional rugby schools, so to speak. Okay, So like a school like Uffie's doesn't sound like a very diverse school historically, right? It's Afrikaans something, yeah. something, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What's it? Afrikaans word. Yes. Okay. But now, why isn't there an Afis being built in the Eastern Cape? Some might say there really is. There's like Dale College, there's Queens, there's uh, Selborne. I mean, there's, um, there's a fair amount, there's great, I mean, look, there's great things, but why is there not more of these kind of institutions being thrown out there that kids can have more scholarships and get to? Now, Kikisa Rabada, people say, oh, he's this great transformation hero. Not really. I mean, pretty wealthy family went yeah. to a private school here. Went to St. David's. St. 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 Didians. Oh, sorry, St. Didians. Okay. Someone else went to St. David's. So uh, it's about getting them into the right schools. So it's not about like, oh, well, let's have, let's have um, training clinics. Let's get a couple of box or a couple of people to go and give a shirt and teach people how to pass left and right. That's not transformation. That is this, the lowest of PR opportunities. Virtue so, signaling. Pretty much. So I think when politicians understand transformation starts with these kids need to eat properly, they need to be educated, they need to be within a structure where their peer group is about excellence. It's not like, you know, Sio Khaleesi is such an example of like, how the hell did this guy should get where he is? He didn't have his own clothes to go have his first practice. He played against great uh, junior school, whatever. The team got thrashed that day. He held his own. He somehow managed to get a scholarship to that school. Okay, But now when he goes home, He's not surrounded by that kind of stuff. He's not surrounded by sort of excellence. Uh, many people he knows weren't even eating. So how are you ever going to raise a kid who's going to do well if he doesn't know where his next meal is coming from? A rugby clinic's not going to solve that. The transformation has to be this really big thing where we look at the educational system, get them into that, bolster that, make sure people are in there for the duration. But can you – I mean – I actually it, have a question. Oh, go for it. Sorry. Because this is interesting. But do you think race quotas should be a thing at all? 
No, not anymore. Excellent. I fully agree. I don't think there should be. I think, but okay. So again, always a very tough loaded questions, which you'll never get answers from because people will just shy away and say, well, it's part of the process. You only get those questions here. It is part of the process. But if you look at it, if there is anything in the system that is still preventing black players from getting to higher honors, then you've got a bigger problem. So when I say there shouldn't be race quotas, the system should be getting enough players of color coming through, right? That's not a hard thing to say. But then people say to me, yeah, but there's still coaches out there who are only picking white players. That is an absolute mess. How are people still in that position and why is that still happening? So I, de- I desperately think that there should be no race quotas because it's so horrible for a guy who's black to earn his position to always have this thing hanging over his head. I and mean, vice versa. Exactly. But, I mean, do you think the state should have any role to play in sports whatsoever? Because I think if uh, sport being a meritocracy, which is the one positive thing about it, Ben, it's a meritocracy, which is which wasn't your argument, it's mine. Um, it's a meritocracy, so people automatically get to the top, providing they have the resources to do so. Why should, I mean, do you think the state should get at all involved Funding, in yeah. this sort of stuff? Just, just give more money to sport. I think the state have fucked everything up. I mean, you guys, I'm, I'm, I touched upon a couple of those things in your podcast over the years. They, they don't have the right reasons in place. I think whenever the state goes in for it, it's to support the state's ideas and narratives towards things. So they don't mind a bit of casual racism or just showing oppression and that kind of stuff. We've seen that over and over. So when the state's in charge of football or rugby or cricket, it's not going to work. But if they fund it properly and say, right, this is one of the greatest driving forces for, again, unity, prosperity in this country, and that's all they need to be involved in. To acknowledge that, sign off whatever money is not ill-gotten and create structures where you can get more kids into these systems. And I think from there, that will fast-track transformation more than anything else. This whole playing the blame game putting and political pawning of people, that's terrible. But doesn't the private sector do that anyway? I mean, I think APSA funded the… PSL or whatever for years, right? Well, that's the title sponsor of the PSL, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, and those are all private teams for private, you know, uh, businesses, so to speak, or the players are privately playing for them. I mean, and then the the national coach can just pick the best from that lot. Why does a national coach need a system? Okay. Soccer is, I mean, they have a quota system. But for rugby. Yeah. If we can try to keep it to rugby, it might prove a point because once you get into soccer, it gets very, very different. It does. Because there you've got gangsters running the PSL getting so much money, but yet you've got guys who are maybe earning five, six thousand rand a month who are playing for big teams because the inequalities are huge. And it's a very different kettle of fish. Right. But then why, I mean, if, if the sport is privatized, so it's, it's, it will be the net bank spring box for the foreseeable future. I don't think that's a better incentive to, for the spring box to do well rather than well, if it was meddling with, uh, meddling with, with quotas and stuff from the state. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, again, like look at American sports. Everything's private, right? Everything's a business. So they can do whatever the hell they want. If you look at, um, English club rugby, for instance. Yeah. Okay. So again, to use a local example, Johan Rupert and Saracens. So he will basically say, this is my team. These are the players I kind of want. He's got his, his support team who does all the hiring and firing and stuff. And that is a professional outfit. Western Province Rugby is part of Western Province. The union, whatever, is part of SA Rugby. So they've got directives. So they'll say, right, this is the selection policy. So when Cricket South Africa say in franchise teams you need, I don't know, five black Africans, it's, it's, it's their world. That's why they say it. So maybe there is a call for more privatization. But then again, who sells the teams? Who has the entities? Right now you've got the Mzansi Super League coming up. And that's a Cricket South Africa project. So they own that. So they can do what they want with it, essentially. 
But in order to get more of an Americanization towards things, they need to be more, I don't know, like you said, like this whole objective thing, privatization. Let's, let's just bring it back to the UFC, which is the, the MMA mixed martial arts championship. I mean, there's no quotas there. It's an individual sport, and it's the most diverse sport ever. You've got an Irishman getting beaten up by a Serb or no, a Russian. A, a Russian, in, in, Russian um, Muslim. A Russian Muslim in New York or Las Vegas, yeah. the other side of the world, and then, and then the, the you know the coaches of each of them are different races as well and different nationalities from them. You got women from all over the world. You got men from all over the world. Um, I mean, why is that not an example of real diversity? Because it's just based on merit, and they keep beating each other all the time. There's never been like a champion that lasted for more than two sure. three years. Yeah. It's- Spot on, spot on. I think we again to get the real diversity in. Let the systems play. Like, look at the way kids are playing nowadays. Like, you don't see a lot of race or issues in school sport. Black kids, white kids, colored kids, whatever. They're all playing. They're all getting amongst it. Let that system flourish from there, and you will get the diversity. No doubt about that. Just, I mean, UFC is a tough example, just because oh, it's stop new. Throwing in these different examples. Um, well, I mean, it's new. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's cool. But it's uh, UFC is new, and uh, it's, it's twenty-five years old. Huh? Well, yes, well, it's, but it's not the point. It's, fighting it's, it's not old enough exactly. So the, it's, it's both new, and it's also a skill that you can take a twenty-year-old and you can teach a twenty-year-old, and after two years of good training, and provided they have temperament, they can do pretty well in it. Oh, um, whoa. You never, done, you've never done. No, I actually have it's, done. It's not just two years. I actually have done MMA, so Con, don't say I've never done MMA. Firstly, Con, Con, Con the second, this, well, that's Con. the point, exactly, right? How many schools, as of ten years ago, which would be where the kids would need to be now to be competing at UFC, had a mixed martial arts? Uh, program. Very, very few schools. Well, I think every um, school in the East so, Rand had break so, time. Well, that's the point. <laughs> <Just> pretty <laughs> so, much. So that's the thing is, is that unless you have exposure to this at a school level, and so you're going to see people come up in the UFC in the next 20 years who are going to be far better um, than Conor McGregor ever was or will be um, because they got started off from a very young age. And so what you're actually seeing is a whole bunch of guys who were just prone to fighting and being good at taking a knock um, in a ring at the moment. And what you're going to see is professionalization of the sport to the point that kids from the age of six or eight uh, are going to be actually directed towards it. And so what you see in, for example, um, Ball sports is kids who have grown up with the ball sports will always rise to the top as adults. Yeah. Uh, you cannot get exposed to cricket as a 16-year-old for the first time and then hope to compete at a national level. But they no, can but, only happen in elite schools. Sports so, so, is elite. But, 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 but that's, that's just it. Yeah. In order to get to that level where it's a profession and you are the top of your game. Now, again, go back to transformation and where people are missing the, missing the, the trick here is that they can see a guy who's like – 16 and he's like 6'4 and full of muscles, Eddie Grant would say. And they go, well, that guy can clearly go play like rugby. No, just because he's big and strong. Okay, what can you do? You can run over a smaller person. Great. Go play against the All Blacks when they're the same size as you and five times as skilled. The transformation in, in what's the worst case is like, well, he's black, he's big, he's strong, he can do this. And then the guy burns out because he's been given no formal plans well, to all these kind of things. Th- this is my thing. I don't, I, see, I think this is why I think transformation is a lot of crap because it has to come from a school level. Whether Ramon's correct about it being private or not private, that doesn't really matter. What ends up happening is it is focused on private 
private versus non-private. So the government doesn't fund sports enough for the most part. There are some government schools, let's go back to rugby, Mm -hmm. which are um, sort of old model C type schools, which have enough funding and have the sort of culture um, of focusing on rugby. Um, But for the most part, it's, 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 is it for the most part private schools? I think it is for the most part private schools, which are funneling that. It's probably a mix in rugby. Yeah, look, there is a um, mix. I think in cricket is more private school orientated. But, but the point gets- is, is you start a school today in a township, um, you're probably not going to have a field. You, you may not have a, a rugby field or a cricket field. You yeah. may have to choose, and you're going to choose maybe soccer. So the kids will be exposed to soccer, not rugby or not cricket. Um, so the, 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 the thing is, is that there's always going to be uh, – a group of kids who get exposure to a sport and a group of kids who don't. When the, when the South African government has fixed the racial inequality, mm. which is easy to do. I saw this at med school. They, um, they would go, well, we need to fix the racial. We need to, we need to match the South African demographic. So all that happened is they had a whole bunch of kids who went to like, uh, the schools in Africa who were like um, British um, A-level schools, or they were South African private schools that, that, you know, they were kids of, Black parents happen to be wealthy enough to send them to those schools. Yeah. Um, so you, once you fix the racial inequality, you're still going to have inequality of sorts, which is fine in my opinion. Um, well, any sort of equality in this world is, is suspicious at best. Yeah, exactly. I did, d- so in terms of transformation, don't you think that it's it ultimately – I get where you want more funding to, to help kids get the leg up early on. Um, and try and, and, and develop their skills, certainly, um, mm. that they've got. But you have to accept at some point some kids will just never get the exposure. Yeah, it's true. But I think as well, like we get a lot of these buzzwords that the media jumps upon and then suddenly it is the narrative. I think the word transformation is – it's like what – it's one of those magical words. It's like when you when you transform, like you get body transformations when you go from being like a fat fuck to like skinny or whatever. I think the word must be taken away and we must really focus on development. Development is the actual word you should be looking at here. There is going to be inequalities. Our kid's not going to get it. And Crimea River, life's actually not a box of chocolates after all. It's like a bag of stale chips a lot of the time. But we can do better by developing what we've got. I think also with transformation, people get really upset about this, is that people – well, people get really upset about transformations that there's still this understanding that people think that white people can be better than black people, especially in contact sports. I think that's a big pile of shit that obviously yeah. some people need to just to get over, but there's still people who haven't. Okay. Some people say that, well, black people can't be batsmen. White people are better batsmen. That's not really say that like I, in all seriousness. It's, not trading. It, it's in, it's in conversations. It's the, the general <laughs> perception that a black person's role in a rugby team is on the wing. Or yeah, they're, yeah. they're a fast bowler. Or, or, or you can reverse it and you can go, uh, white Afrikaners should be your locks and your props. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's what they're good at. They're not fast. Yeah. Are those real, okay, I don't follow these circles. Are but those it's, real arguments? But it's, it's generalization from, from a historical, stereotypical point. Okay. Right. So to say if you, if transformation's wrong and I say yes, but then you think, well, shit, how can people still think that? So how is how how is that going to get changed? Other than maybe giving like a, a clap in the face. Who cares? He's not the coach. Who <laughs> gives a shit? No, no. But in terms of how the attitudes change, is is no. I want an answer to my question. Okay. Oh, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit that Uamfani from fucking Poch thinks only Afrikaners can be locks? Who gives a shit? Well, if Umfani is the coach and he yeah, is not, okay. Then he's just some guy in the bar. Oh, then no one, yeah, then no one cares. But we're talking about just people here in, in greater numbers who actually have a say in how kids progress, that kind of stuff. 
So if if you can get that guy out of a job and say put a black person and he'll be free of mind, then suddenly people are saying, well, look at transformation. It's getting it's um getting people through to a better standpoint. But again, I, it's like an I mean, there's a good example in rugby. I think who cares, Ramon is is kind of true and sort of not true because if if you if you then have a you have a prop who ends a black dude like the beast, um, Trevi and Akani, uh, yeah. Um, I'm using the beast because he, I mean, he's prolific at this point. He's just um, called beast, by the way. That's what okay. the crowd shouts to get behind him. Um, but if you, if you look at someone like that, then that changes perceptions. And isn't that important as well to, to challenge people's beliefs? That's what you like to do. By what's the perception? Well, you change the reality. Yeah, you change someone's perception about he's going to be a, a lock or whatever. That no, is. but that might have changed a literal racist view. Oh yes, absolutely. Someone, you don't think it will? This, this dark man's in my beloved Springboks. I'm no longer racist. No, not that, Ramon. There's a racist belief that black people cannot be props. You're just making example. a diversity argument for rugby. I'm not making a diversity argument. He got it there on merit. Else, work in rugby. He didn't get there because he was black. He got there because he's a damn good prop. And that's what people it's say. Got nothing to do with diversity. They say, uh, you know, I'm not racist, but he's a damn good prop. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what are, the, what are the chances of school kids actually becoming professional sportsmen? It's like not one in two million or something. Yeah, it's sure, like it's, really low. It's ridiculously hard. But if you're given a decent enough start, then you, your chances obviously shooting increase. I just don't think the state should be funding any of this shit. To be honest, it's fine. No one's forced. No one's saying the state should be. But you at the, the moment, state, the state, you said the state's not funding enough. Well, at the moment, the, the state has a whole. The moment we deal in the realities, Ramon. The moment there's a whole bunch of schools. Those schools are run by the government. Those governments give the, that government gives money to the schools. Yes. Do we want it not to be that way? Sure. Is it that way? Yes. If it's that way, do we want more money for sport? Sure. No, That's we want the say. unions out of schools first. Yeah. A whole lot of other want? issues to solve. First. Yes. Of but course. In the context of sports. But in the context of sports. I don't know if money will solve it. In the context of sports, there's obviously a great deal of, of employment opportunities as well that kids could gravitate towards or at least kind of work towards. If they haven't got that, then. Yeah, unemployment's obviously a massive thing. It's a massive issue in this country. If kids grow up with nothing to look forward to or get to do, no chance of getting a a job, there is opportunity within that. So if if money can be spent wisely within those structures and actually creating more structures, more employment opportunities. Money spent wisely. Here's my golden unicorn, Ben. His name's Ed. Money spent wisely by the government. I mean, I accept your argument for what it is, but it's a pipe dream. I think... uh, I just don't care about the topic. <laughs> Every single thing is a pipe dream when you break it down. If God, you want to be cynical, this show is just going to be full of Ramon removing the mic around. Are the most comfortable things. Cliff Central needs to upgrade them a little bit. Wow, and you sit here on these chairs every week, and now this is a new thing for you. But I'm not very comfortable. It's because he's not, it's, he's not engaging with the topic. You're yeah. just going to tell you. like someone just gave you a pogo stick. I'm more engaged on the topic than you are. You said state should fund more sports stuff. I say oh, no. Yes, that's, be sure, that's what I said. Corporate and hoard out to as many people as possible for easy money. Like it's that simple. Yeah. Okay. Pipe dreams. <laughs> but if money's going to get spent, sport has a much bigger role in this country than people might give it, give like, um, give time to. In, in what way? Well, sorry, have you just spent like half an hour explaining why? I mean, I, I've been following the conversation. I don't know. Like, Put it this way, if I would love to see what how a country would function if sport was the most important thing in it. If people would be happier, if the economy would be stronger, if there would be less crime, if there would be less negative issues around. And I, I firmly believe it would be. But I think sport is a byproduct 
of success generally. Across like, the grade of success. Like, like rich countries do sports better because there are more incentives in the market to, to, to do sports. Okay. Um, poor countries don't. If you just focus on, like the, the USSR did sports, right? They focus on sports as a very important propaganda tool for them. They pump the women full of steroids, turn them into men, and let them do powerlifting against, like, supposedly real women from the US and, and crush them. Um, but, you know, people like 20 million people died while they were doing that. So sports for sports sake is not good at all. I think sports as a byproduct of success is perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, Jamaica is not a very successful country. I don't think South Africa is in that. Yeah, but they do individual sports only. Well, not uh, team stuff. Well, relays team sports. Oh, okay, well, four people. Yes, well done. Uh, look, athletics is, a, is an individual sport, but you can't really do athletics on your own. You you cannot train to the level that you say in both. Oh yes, you need a coach and all that shit. No, and you about need national, you need big to national teams. They don't. Poor countries should have no reason to do that whatsoever. Okay, Ghana. they successful. Ghana is not a particularly successful country. Very good football team. Very good. How? What are they won? Well, well, they're competitive in Africa, and they they go to World Cups, and they got to a semi final of a World Cup. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what, what, what I would we say the like point is made. India, don't give a shit about sports except for cricket. But like Olympics, they never get anywhere. What second most populous country in the world spend little little money on sport? They're just getting on with like solving real stuff. No, no, dude, they are obsessed with cricket. No, with cricket, cricket. I said cricket. Cricket's pretty much the biggest thing there. Like it, it, all you need is cricket, and they've got other things that the colonials kind of gave them. But cricket is like is is the Jesus. But they don't care about Olympics. Of course they, they do. No, they don't. They do terribly at the Olympics. They don't fund it. They don't promote it in any single way. They they even they host like an Asian Games and yeah, they host the shits. So what? We no, host like the, the World Cup. Doesn't mean we get it. <laughs> well, they definitely care. And I definitely <laughs> think without cricket, that India would be completely fucked. No, but compared to the size of the population and the money that is available, they're prioritizing other shit. I think that's fine. I think sports should be completely a private sector invention and business. I don't think anyone's arguing with you against that as an ultimate end goal. No one's arguing with you, but we're just saying let's where things are at the moment. Let's make it a private sector incentive by funding it through the state. No, look. we're saying currently there's a state infrastructure. Currently. Currently. Get rid of the infrastructure. I think Ben will be on board privately funded. Yeah, it makes a good point. And again, it goes back to your thing about why do we need unity? It's a very good question. Maybe we don't. Maybe, Maybe we just we need. Maybe we need more rivalry, Ben, which will make better sports. Like it's, it is a good question. So what if you just, what if you were to disband the Springboks? Take them away. And you would just have a South African, you call it the Handy Andy SA rugby legend team. And that would be the team we send to a World Cup. Insert brand where you wish. Would that be a better thing for us? Would that be, would that take away the political stuff? Would it still give a chance for kids to aspire to things? All the good things that maybe sport does have, would it actually take it away? Well, it might. I mean, if you look at those, the football teams, for example, they're pretty much privately owned. The, the, the domestic teams. Sure. So those are all privately owned, privately run. They make their own decisions. Yeah, but back to the aspirations of us. I still don't think we can prove any of that stuff. It's a nice story. You can't I prove that, pe- that people are aspirational? Yes, no, but in a way that's like meaningful and where they act upon it over a number of years. Well, look, I've, I've physically it. met people whose sport have changed their lives. No doubt about it. Take sport away. Yeah, what, sure. What Drugs could they have changed had? people's lives. True. Yes, I agree. No, I'm talking positive change here, as in they actually went on to become something because of sport. I'm not talking about... Short, quick fix scenarios. Yeah, no, but people, but people do that by, you know, being an accountant. They're like, you know, it's really changed my life to be an accountant. Now I make money and go to a job and do all this. It's, it's the same thing. 
Yeah, because kids generally just become accountants. It's just as easy as becoming a cricketer. Like it's, Maybe harder. Have you tried the CFA exam? <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's my point. You can't just become an accountant and go get an education and do these things. I'm saying every argument you make for sports can be made for a variety of other things, which makes it therefore not that special. I understand yeah, but, yeah, but why again, you see that special. But, but again, I, like, like, like Steve from accounts doesn't get high-fived for a spreadsheet on a Monday morning. Yeah. Depends on many, and there's an alarming dodged. number of accountants who go and spend their weekends participating in sports in some way. Yeah, they can't wait to like get away. There's not that. an alarming number of sportsmen who go spend their weekend doing accounting. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's tax season. Yes, I'm not playing golf for three months. I'm just going to really focus on my numbers. No, the big problem with accounts, they do the fucking 94. No, but this applies to everyone. They do 94.7 right? and ruin our suburb, Jonathan. You haven't been around long enough, but they fucking ruin it. That and people who walk the talk, they, they, all they do is talk shit and walk around my suburb as well. Causing okay. disruption. There you go. There you go. Sports must create division and disunity because that's what it does for me because they walk around my suburb and ships all over it. On a Sunday morning. Dude, I hope your daughter is like a world-class swimmer or athlete. She'll be a, a world-class individual sports person, <laughs> not teams. All right. As long as you scream at a television, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Oh, that'd be funny to watch. <laughs> yeah, Roman, you, you actually – look, you, you raise good points. And what, I, what I've always liked about your guys' podcasts and just as individuals when I see you passing here is that you do have a very considered beliefs around various things. I think when you get into a position where you care about something, you're passionate about something, it's much like the sensation of love. No one's ever at their smartest within love. That's what a lot of people, I mean, wars have been like fought around this kind of stuff because you're not thinking clearly. And I think a lot of times sports, in my mind, it, it gives, it gives so much. And I still stand by my beliefs and my arguments. The points that you're raising about division and privatization and there shouldn't be unity is definitely something to consider in the greater scheme of things. No, I'm again. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Or I think I might have the best example for your argument. Winter, December 1914, when the Brits, well, Allies. Yeah, I would. I didn't even need to like bring this reference up. You're and the up. Germans played soccer across the Western Front. They. That's all you had to say, Ben. That'd yeah, be like, I mean, that's, that's a good example. It's pretty obvious, though, because you're a historian. You would like that. Well, but, I'm, not, no, I'm not a historian <laughs> at all. Well, I don't you seem to, myself. You seem to like these things. And and the only reason why war continued was because the generals said, stop playing fucking football and go back to shooting each other, despite much protest from the soldiers. Of course, the only time England were ahead of Germany, of course. It was the French, mostly. Were <laughs> they? Or was the Western Front in France? I heard it was England, Germany. No. <laughs> Because huh. the Allies. Sorry, you say France and war, and yeah, you know. yeah. France has been one of the strongest war warring nations. No, now you're just talking shit. <laughs> before the twenty, before the twentieth ah, century, ah, we okay. took over right. fucking everywhere. No, Napoleon did. Yeah, <laughs> he was French. Well, you know, and sure. used the French we'll army give it to, you. to do that. He was had syphilis, so he was driven by pain a lot of the time. <laughs> there we go. You see, Ben. It's not all about unity. It's not about aspiration. Sometimes pain and syphilis can make you do great things. <laughs> That's yeah. the lesson of this podcast. So I can half a concussion. <laughs> Is that the lesson? <laughs> I will. I will take a lot out of this, um, and and you do raise your interesting points around sport. But I still believe it's like because we all are living in this world or in this country in the greater scheme of things. You will disagree with this, where unity is a driver for things to aspire to, because that's what people ultimately want to be happy with each other. I think sports a great conduit towards that. It's a great glue of society. And in that world, I'll stand by what I believe in. If you have a better world that you can create where everyone is an island, an anarchy or whatever, cool. If it works out. Yeah, but I don't want to create a world. 
Like I don't want I just want to be left alone And associate with people That I like Or don't like um, Like yeah I just want to be left alone I think that's the yeah. I don't want to build anything Or create anything I just want to be left alone To do what I want to do And carry on See but that's I'm... exactly How I want to live my life If you'll call me An old cynical bastard So I try And assimilate With what's around me For the greater good of things so Have you been bullshitting me For like the past hour You actually agree With everything I say No I, I and, agree uh, with I agree with a lot of What you say from principle uh, And because I don't have An argument against it And I'm not one of those people Who are going to bullshit And then just keep talking over you That's what we appreciate About you Ben like I, In all I'm, honesty I, I'm, I'm very open To learn different things but from what from my personal experience and i see the positive around sport and that's what i want to talk about today i i i will still stick to that that way of life because i see the positive stuff i i accept it so one last question so then if you accept the positivity of sport why do you play golf because which is probably the most horrid sport in the world it makes me feel fancy <laughs> and especially, i mean drink your tea like this especially in secunda i would especially secunda what a, what a weekend um i love rugby <laughs> I wish I could play it, but let's not kill ourselves. You need to be conditioned physically for that. I like cricket, but it's a whole day of most of the time you're doing fuck all. Uh, football, you've got to play with Mediterranean men on a Wednesday night at one of those discovery parks. You're making my arguments for me. This so, is so golf. No, but these are things that I, I am not. Sure. Okay. And I would love to play rugby. That was my favorite thing to play because we all want some combat in our lives. We all want Indeed. all that kind of stuff because we're wired that way. Golf for me, though, it is it's fascinating, and I love the history of the game. I love what's happening around the sport. Um, Mr. Gary Player, probably the greatest African ever. You know, he he, he taught us so much, <laughs> and golf takes me to cool places. So that's why I love golf so much. I like my clubs. I like my clothes. I like my friends. It's just everything that I like in life packaged into one thing. If you can ever package one thing in life, which I still believe you can't. There you go. It's meaningful for you, hugely. There we go. That's my argument. Let sport be meaningful to you, but I, it's not, I feel like you, you but just, not, but it doesn't have a greater meaning than anything else. Yeah. That's all I'm, that's my only argument. It doesn't have a greater meaning than anything else. All right. I, I stumped. Do you not, do you not, do you not, you don't think you can rank these things at all? So counting and sports have the same meaning. Yeah. For some people, yeah. See, but this, but this is what my original it's, point it, was. It just there's no accounting Olympics, and there's a sports Olympics, and there's so no that race would Olympics. To, it would seem to exactly that would seem to indicate that some things have dominance and have climbed the hierarchy over other things because they are as a group enjoyed by more people and and identified with by more of humanity. We wouldn't have done the Olympics again and again. It wasn't even, now you if can argue the commercial, now you can argue the commercial side of things because I knew you were going to say that. It was commercial but, back then. And nah. I appreciate it being commercial. That's the only reason we have the Olympics because it's commercially viable. It's, well, it's not. No yeah. one makes money <laughs> other than IOC who are more corrupt than FIFA. That's all I'm And, that's and some advertising who space. Who um, but, but the, yeah. Okay. Cool. We, we get where you're coming from. Yeah. And yeah. I think we've got go. Ben's points and yeah. anything else. Like I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I don't have a good answer for you because if you say that things are the same, I can't no, argue that because you've said it. I'm just saying things are different for people. Find meaning in different things, which is not more meaningful than other things for other people. That's all. Okay. Well, in closing, I think if there's more, <laughs> if there's more sport in this world, the world would be a better place. Right. Thank you for listening to TEDx Johannesburg. Uh, right. Okay. Good. So Ben, where can we find you? <laughs> Uh, Twitter probably the best at follow the bounce Instagram the bounce but that's mostly just pictures of my my life which isn't that engaging and, and you've got a YouTube channel and hold on and Instagram and his girlfriend sometimes make an appearance so it's worth following 
Oh, Daniela is lovely. Go. Yeah, she is. She's great. Yeah, she's great. What? She's, she's, oh, no. she's very special. I've got, I do have a YouTube channel as well, <laughs> which is also follow the bounce. But yeah, I, I, I create sporting stories. I create sports content. It is something that's given me great purpose and I really like it. Otherwise, Cliff Central on the Gareth Cliff show every single morning, Monday to Friday. I'm hacking out 10 minute sports bulletins. And it's, which are freaking hilarious. Thank you. It is, um, if you're a sporting fanatic or if you are Ramon Kabanak, there is something in it for you. And that's what sports should be. That's how I know so everyone. much about sports coming into the conversation. I listen to you, baby. Exactly. Exactly. That's not, people are listening. Yeah. They just don't tell you. But yeah, I mean, just go ahead and, and go on my YouTube channel. I'm trying to put more videos up than that. And if you're a sporty person, go to retroactive, I don't know, dot digital. Dot digital. digital. That's, that's right, yeah. Um, that's and it. That, they that, will that, do fun and creative, sporty things for you. Well, thank you. You don't have to give us such a plug, but that, that's essentially my, that's my next step is taking my love and passion for sport into a more professional corporate world, trying to make it, the stories to come out. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for listening. As always, at Renegade underscore reports. Guys, I know that I'm not your usual kind of guest. I, I I have enjoyed this conversation as disjointed and all over the place as it may have been occasionally. <laughs> That's what makes the Renegade Report the Renegade Report. But yeah. Thank you for joining us. Very well planned. Thank Very you, fun. Ramon, for that. Uh, and uh, you can find us on Facebook, the group, and the page. If you like the show, we always welcome any donations on Patreon. Become a patron and you get uh, extra content. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.